I'm Paul Sullivan, your host on the Company of Dads podcast, where we explore the sweet, sublime, strange, and silly aspects of being a lead dad in a world where men often feel they have to hide or at least not talk about their parenting role. I know this from firsthand experience as a lead dad to my three girls, three dogs, three cats, and somewhat remarkably, three fish who are still alive. I did this all the while managing my career and striving to be an above average husband. One thing I know for sure about being a lead dad is it's not a normal role. You're not doing what dads have traditionally done, going to work and leaving the parenting to mom or someone else, nor are you always welcome into the world where moms are the primary caregivers. But here at the Company of Dads, our goal is to shake all that off and focus on what really matters, family, friendship, finance, and fun. Today, I'm super excited about this. Today, my guest is Najee Good, Super Bowl champion, entrepreneur, and lead dad. Najee played nine seasons as a linebacker in the NFL, including four with the Philadelphia Eagles, where he was part of the team that won Super Bowl 52 against, wait for it, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. He retired from the NFL in 2020. Bit of trivia, Najee's dad, John, also played for the Eagles in the 1980s as a tight end. Since leaving football, Najee has worked for the NFL Alumni Association, but he's also an entrepreneur, part of the group behind VPO, which I'll let him tell you about in a bit. Najee is a lead dad to his two daughters, ages four and five. And he's the, also the only guy I've ever played golf with who after duffing, what, like 10, 11 shots in a row, I, I didn't make fun of him. I, I figured if he got mad at me, I, I couldn't outrun him. And uh, if he actually hit me, that'd be the end of my golf season. Um, Najee, welcome to the Company of Dads podcast. How are you? Man, I'm doing phenomenal. It is awesome to be here and surrounded by awesome dads. I got to ask first question. Who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? I'm actually rooting for Cincinnati Bengals, man. I'm a, I'm I gotta go at the home hometown hero at quarterback, uh, Joe Joe Burrows. He's a Ohio native and uh, is from Cincinnati, so he has an interesting background right now. And his swag around him, man, his swag around him is uh, is captivating. It is real diamonds, right? That's his whole thing. Like somebody said, exactly, the diamonds real. It's like right. real. Exactly, Joey Burr. <laughs> I'm, I, look, I'm I'm you know I'm rooting for the Bengals as well, but who fascinates me is that kicker. That kicker is, I mean, he's kicked, he kicked him in the championship game. He kicked him into the Super Bowl. I know we're going to talk about quarterbacks, the rest of the team, but that quick kicker is pretty impressive. Yeah. He, he's setting the stage for an awesome career. If he can keep it going to win the, to win the two big ones like that, if he can do it with the third in the Super Bowl, I know the offenses probably don't want it to come down to that, but if he does, I mean, that, that dude is going to, it's going to be real diamonds and uh real field goal somewhere. <laughs> it's going to be something. <laughs> They're going to have a diamond competition. Um, exactly. Let's talk about your time when you're playing the Super Bowl. Set the stage here. When you won the the you know Super Bowl with the Eagles, you beat the Patriots. So paint the picture. This is going to all, you know, leading up to the Super Bowl. What was that week like when you think back? That week like, not the game itself, but that week like before as you were leading up to, to the game. The week actually leading up was, I mean, it was like a movie. Um the one thing I would say about the NFL for all of the critics out there is that the Super Bowl is the most watched, most eventful time of the year when you talk about, you know, American sports, like, you know, North American sports, because leading up to that week prior to the Super Bowl, you spend another week when they play the Pro Bowl. And that week is kind of like prepping the powder keg to just explode that Super Bowl week. And what's cool about it is that, you know, being a dad, I have my daughters there. My second daughter was actually just born. 
and I was able to dress her and all of the bedazzled gear. And I, while I had a, uh, you know, a one-year-old out there, I had another, or a two-year-old out there, I had another one to follow with my second daughter. And, um, you know, they make it family friendly. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome time. We got to practice. We actually stayed at the Mall of America, which was immaculate. And uh, I was there at the NFL. Definitely, they present the Super Bowl to the fans, to the team, and the coaches in a, in a proper manner. That's good. I got to ask, did they make the Eagles gear come in that small of a size? Are they like Eagles onesies that, that the girls oh, yeah. like that? Well, you're born in Philadelphia. They they kind of do that thing, whether you get pom-poms or a football. So <laughs> that's pretty it. awesome. All right. So then you get to game day. Now, the Eagles obviously had a great season or they wouldn't have gotten there. And I did a little quick research here. You guys actually had the same record. The Eagles and the and the Patriots had the same record yep. going in. Um, but, you know, let's face it. It's like it's TB12. And the Patriots. I mean, what were you what were you thinking about in the locker room? I mean, you guys deserve to be there, but it's you know the powerhouse team. You're obviously the underdogs. What was what was the mentality like before you hit the field? For man, I mean, coming into that game, the it was electric. Uh, we had just beat the brakes off of Minnesota. And we were coming back there, you know, I mean, when we walked into the stadium, just to give you like the, the, the scope, you know, from our point of view is we walked in and it was like bright lights. You saw bright lights on the stage and then they started changing color. And when they changed red and blue, you got all mad because, you know, it was New England. <laughs> and then when they turned out uh, white and green, you know, it was, uh, you know, all happy. And the way that it was coming out for that game in preparation of Tom was like, you know, we had to we had to demolish him. You know, I've actually, I've only lost to Tom Brady once and I've luckily picked off one of his passes that I would never, ever, ever get rid of. But yeah, it's, uh, and then, you know, that game was like, I mean, we, we, we had such a high energy from the, from the fans, from the crowd. I had just had my second daughter, like I said, so it was like, everything was going in the right direction. And uh, we came out, man, and we played unbelievable football. That's great. You had a couple of tackles in that game. Did you tackle? Tom in that game or no? No, I didn't get a chance to hit him. He threw the ball too fast, but I did. Have, <laughs> I had a really big, I had a really big kickoff stop to um, start um, one of the quarters um, where I got to hit an old buddy of mine, Deion Lewis, and then I had another one on um, on a second, but um, second return. But no, I, I didn't get, to, I didn't get a chance to hit him. I got a chance to hit Tom in the regular season. I know he remembers. <laughs> oh, you did? Tell me about yeah. it. It was right, that, that year. That that. No, actually, it was in 2018. Um, in 2018, when we played him for the Colts. Uh, Tom Brady had checked out of a blitz and I was running on the blitz um, on Thursday night football. Same game. I actually got an interception off of him and I ended up hurling over one of the running backs and just flew into him with all of my might and body. And, and I just hit him and knocked him out, knocked him down. And as he was getting up, you know, I just heard him yelling at everybody on the offensive line. And I was like, <laughs> dude, this is a dream come true. <laughs> what oh, you yeah. You and I met uh, over the summer. You talked about a couple crushing hits that you put on people. You told me a funny story about Aaron Rodgers um, and the hit that you put on him once. When you think about, you know, some of your greatest memories from playing pro ball, what are the ones? What are the you know the top three or four? You know, obviously winning the Super Bowl, that's it. But some of those great plays that you still think about, you talk about with your buddies. Yeah, I think, man, one of my biggest memories is definitely when I scored my first touchdown. Um, it was against the New York Giants, and it was crazy. We didn't – no one scored a touchdown the entire game, and I did. Uh, they actually beat us that game because we missed the extra point. It was so crazy. It was like 9-6 to six 
or like maybe they score one touch one touchdown later, something like that. But um, when I first scored a touchdown, I got to feel, feel what it felt like for my dad to actually score a touchdown at Philadelphia. And in that moment, man, it felt surreal. Like, I, I didn't even know what to do with the ball. I didn't know. I was yelling at the crowd. I didn't know whether to bite it, to run, to throw it away, to pick it up, to go crazy. But uh, scoring my first touchdown, man, was wait, definitely wait, so, so what you're telling me, Najee, is that, that linebackers don't practice their post-touchdown routine? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, we didn't. I know I didn't. I need to get better, man. I need to take some uh, some dance skills, dance lessons, especially after what what we doing now in the league. But no, uh, it was it was just so fast, man. It was bang bang, and then after that, the next memorable moment was the next year I scored another touchdown uh, from a blocked field goal. So I had another uh, a blocked punt, had a scoop and score. That's about a thirty yard touchdown run. And um, to top all that off towards my towards the end of my career, my um, my seventh year, I picked off Tom Brady. Um, you know, we played him on Thursday night in New England and uh, got the silence to crowd. And uh, it was uh, it was it was amazing. man. I, I've had some like uh, some some flash plays that are pretty, pretty remarkable. And uh, playing against Kansas City Chiefs, I had another one. I had a block punt that I was able to block and uh, score another touchdown off of. So I've had, I have opportunities to get into the end zone with my teammates as a defender, which is uh, pretty special. That's great. And I know that you know you, you score a touchdown, you, you probably keep the ball. But like I'm thinking if I intercepted a pass from Tom Brady, I would want to keep that ball. Do you have to give the ball back or do you get? did you get to keep that ball that you intercepted? I got to keep that ball. I have that ball oh, locked in a way. Yep. And yep, I'll never get rid of it, man. It got the offensive name on it. It even has its number because, um, you know, they, some offenses do that to make sure that, they, you know, quarterbacks know what ball they use. I was going to make a deflate uh, gate joke, but but I'll leave that out. I don't know if, that, if Tom's ball oh, no, was a little, little was, squishier. This one was more, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, talk about it. So, you know, you, you win the Super Bowl. You got a two-year-old and one-year-old. You still have a, a couple more seasons in the NFL. And what was it like, you know, balancing, you know, fatherhood and, and football? I mean, there's a part of the year where you're full on with football and then there's a part of the year when you're not. So what was that like for you as both a, you know, a father and a, and a pro football player? Man, it was it was super interesting, man. I, I look at my daughters as like two true gems, you know, to for me to the world. They're they know they said I'm you know, they're my angels. And when I actually had my first daughter, she's born on my birthday, Liliana. It was kind of crazy because she was born like she's my like lucky child. She's my good luck charm. She was born literally the uh, right on the weekend on Sunday of our birthday, when our birthday was on Sunday, June fourth. Um, we hadn't started, we hadn't started camp yet in the middle of the season. We had OTAs and I was like, dang, I'm at the miss camp. You know, I want to make sure I get my bonuses. You know, I want to be there for the team, all my guys. And, um, she actually came on her due date, came on her due date, came on my birthday. I got the best birthday gift ever. And, um, it was awesome. Ended up going to, ended up going to mini camp, had a phenomenal mini camp. And that was actually, um, year I signed, played really well as a uh, pro bowl mention, honorable mention for special teams. And, you know, it was really special to me, man. I, uh, my brothers and I are very close. So, you know, when, when, you know, my wife and I had had uh, Liliana um, at the time, you know, we ended up finding out she was pregnant with Aria. And I was like, a whole other shock. And I was like, dude, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> it was like, you know, um, now, now it's two on two. And um, 
actually we were playing Dallas. I will never forget this. We were playing Dallas in November. November 17th is when she was born. We were playing Dallas on the night on the 18th and or the 19th. And um I missed practice because I thought, you know, their mother was in labor. And I missed practice. And um, I'm sitting there thinking like, damn, I'm about to miss a game against Dallas. The Philly fans are going to kill me. They're going to tell me, yo, let her have that baby and get the hell on to go to the game. <laughs> they're going to they gonna want to throw everything at me when I get home. I'm not going to be walking anywhere. Yeah. My baby's going to be there. She's going to be wondering why these Philly fans are crazy. And then she came actually um, right before we got on the plane. So I literally, um, the mom had, had we had Aria. Literally went to meetings that next day, and we got on the plane and left to go to Dallas. <laughs> wow! Did you win? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys? Did you get win? And we Dallas? won. And, and you we won. won. And we won. Yep. It was. It was a Super Bowl year. We beat the mess out of them. Yep. That's fantastic. When you no, think it about great. it, what are the biggest differences now? Like being, you know, a, a, a father. You're, you're not playing pro ball, but you're an entrepreneur. We're going to get to that in a second. But what are the biggest differences for you? You know, as a as a as a lead dad, as a as a father now. Um, as an elite father, man, I think the one thing that, um, you know, if you care about it when you have kids, um, it's always a constant, you know, reflection of, you know, who you are and what you do because you want to make the best impression. But, um, you know, internalizing, you know, what it means to be like a parent is, um, you know, that's a piece of you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's my mirror reflection, especially having a daughter born on my birthday. I mean, it's like, I'm, I, you know, I argue with her now and it's like arguing talking to myself. So, so it's like, you know, I get the best and worst of both worlds. And I'm like, damn, I would have said that to me if I would have said something like that. <laughs> so, you know, it's um, it really, you know, I, I attribute it to, you know, what you care about. Um, being a mentor and a mentee, I'm constantly learning. I'm, you know, I'm real fond of learning and, uh, you know, to think that that's really important to, to kids. And like, you know, I didn't understand it until I actually had you know, my daughters. And it's funny because I'm the youngest of three, but I had my daughters the first out of my brothers and now they both have kids. But what I got to see and, you know, being a parent and like, you know, being so fond of our body athletic movement with athletes, you know, we understand how we move, how we stretch, how we pull. When I got to see my daughters run and wake up and roll over and, you know, just watch them develop, you know, it made me understand how blessed I am one because they're healthy and they can do that. And two, how important it is to nurture because I knew how hard it was to physically perform and mentally perform and um, watching them do that and watching them actually learn how to read. Now my daughter can read. I can't hide anything from her now. It's crazy as hell. I try to write stuff down to hide it from her. She knows what it it says. Yeah, but she can read it, but can can she still outrun you? Can you still tackle her? Can she tackle no, no, she can't. She, I can still tackle her, but she's in track right now. So I got, I got to watch her. I'm pushing their limits. <laughs> you come back like Sands or something. <laughs> but uh, you know, they, um, you know, they, 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 I mean, it's, it's amazing to me having a, you know, a kid, and even more special having a daughter. I grew up in a family full of boys, like eleven cousins. All of us are boys, and I got a daughter now. So I literally don't and, know what the hell to doing. And your dad, and your dad was a former professional football player as well. So I, I can and only imagine. Has, like the roughhousing yeah. in that, in your home growing up. Oh, he don't know what to, I, t- I call my dad for advice and he like, yeah, just, just brush your hair with a flat brush and, <laughs> you know, throw some sneakers on there. And I'm like, dad, this is, God, this is your granddaughter, not us. <laughs> like, you can't do like, oh, go, you all right, you know, rub some spit on there and get out the house. And I'm just like, shit, <laughs> you know, excuse me. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's hilarious because my dad, even seeing him now being around a family of all boys, my dad is the oldest of his siblings. So he is very, very, very masculine. 
and to see him be soft because he has a granddaughter is like, you know, is the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. Now talk to me a bit about, I want to talk to a, a bit about you being an entrepreneur. Cause you know, yeah. I, when you and I first met, you told me a VPO totally fascinating. I don't want to butcher it. I want you to tell, tell the audience about, VPO. <laughs> you know, I think is very cool, but tell the listeners how, where, what stage it is now and how it's going to work. And you know, you have at it. I, I want to hear you talk, talk about it. Cause I love the idea. Yeah, yeah. So VPO is um, a technology company that I started with a few football guys, former teammates of mine, um, that both went to West Virginia. But what it is is a technology company that makes media interactive, all media interactive via mobile app and website. So when anyone's viewing this, let's say this video podcast in the future, and they want to click on your podcast or maybe memorabilia you're selling, they can click on any logo. Um, right behind us while we're watching this podcast and listening to it and actually interact with it. And um, what we found out is that uh, when I actually went to create the company, we presented it to the Philadelphia Eagles and said, wow, what if every fan could just buy what they're watching? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get the gloves that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins caught in that famous Hail Mary from Colin Murray, or, you know, they could sit there and buy a jersey from Tom Brady from the last game that he ever played that they might have special auction. And, um, that was actually as recent as 2015 and 16. And we came out with this idea and we integrated with the NFL and we can actually integrate across all mobile platforms. But what we saw was the next step in technology is pretty much what you see is what you get. We want to create that convenience and it worked. And uh, <laughs> as crazy as it was, it worked. And then um, the Philadelphia Eagles adopted our technology. Jeffrey Lurie right now, the owner in Philadelphia Eagles is the equity owner in our company. And we are currently scaling across the NFL to monetize player data, to redefine name, image, and likeness for players so that they have proper representation. The NFL has proper representation so we can tell more unique stories. And the best thing about it is that we can allow fans to interact and engage with all of the videos and great exclusive content that they view. But, you know, you're starting with the NFL because obviously that's what you know, but I can see so many ways to expand this. I mean, you and I talked about this, you know, if you're watching a PGA tour event, uh, you know, sure. You could, I could buy your, your shirt. I could buy Tom Brady's shirt, but I'm only wear that so often, but I could also buy, uh, you know, a golf shirt that I could wear, you know, all the time if I wanted. That's kind of where this technology can go. Like technically we, you could see anything you like on TV and be able to buy it. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and that's where we um that's where we have an edge. You know, my programmers and our CEO, that's a good friend of mine, really have thought about our business plan intricately, and it's why I love and believe in our technology so much because it truly is a tool to optimize all content, um, whether it's golf or some of the things that have maybe dipped in ratings like NASCAR. When you watch the Daytona 500, you watch the Indy 500 when they're taking these laps around the track. You can actually sit there and not only see the logos that are on the car, but maybe see the stories behind them or maybe actually buy a product that represents, you know, what that car, maybe that driver's driving for. Maybe it's the actual foundation where somebody wants to donate to because they support Danica Patrick or Jeff Gordon or someone else. But um, any one of these sports, any one of the fields, health and wellness, even if there's physical therapy videos for different types of AIDS, ointments, um, any type of special treatment that you would like to see your favorite athlete or a doctor perform the right way. Um, it's really what has me excited about us scaling and moving in the future, because what we did when we started with sports is we saw that we touch all of these businesses and that the same model worked across all businesses. People don't want to see pop-up ads. 
And when they engage in the content that they see or they're viewing, because a lot of things are streamed, they can actually click on it and capture it. And if we could do that successfully, what we've been able to do um, and deliver better stories, you know, uh, it's, it's really like that next step in technology. But we're talking pro sports, but you also reference, you know, name, image, and likeness. And there's some applications here, correct, for the college athletes out there? I know, I know you went to WVU. You're a pro. Yes, yeah, yeah. Not but, here, but yeah, what you're doing there yeah. with those college kids. Yeah, yeah. So that's that, that's um, it's actually something that I'm very proud of. We're proud of is that we have a tool like what we have created that can actually align with all of the players and the university and the businesses that want to support them to actually help them account for their when their name, image, or likeness is being used. And it's actually why we invented the tool. Um, so when players' name, image, and likenesses are being used, we offer them a percentage of ownership in that data that they're actually being used to monetize that brand. And it's only right the players do so because mm-hmm. while you're playing at school, the percentage of guys that play professional sports is less than 1% to the thousand. But when they continue and move on, they'll have different gear and data and internships shown with them performing with um, other, you know, with that company they might have sponsored. Yeah, but again, we, you know, people, they, they automatically think of football or basketball, the big revenue sports. But I could see an application for this technology, you know, like you're down in Florida now. I mean, the Florida Gators, the, that women's softball team, they're a big hit. You could do some of the, you know, lesser known sports and be able to still monetize it on sort of a, a more local level. You know, I'm just thinking like the parents yes. into this podcast and, you know, the kid goes off to play softball. Like, well, there isn't really professional softball, but there, there, are, app, there are opportunities there to use this technology with the name, image and likeness in those. Very much so. And that's what that's what we think. And what we've designed and one of the perks of our tool is that we can design products and programs from the ground up. And just by being able to make all of the students accessible. Um, West Virginia is funny enough. We're the number one rifling team for like the past 20 years. You don't want to run around in West Virginia with somebody with a rifle. You might get popped. <laughs> uh, no, what's funny about it is that you have, you know, schools like that or, um, you know, Delaware State, which I've heard is really good in aviation. It's HBCU. They have great aviation. Um, so they have connections with companies like, you know, Lockheed Martin, or American Airlines or stuff like that. So schools, students where, I mean, schools where students do less conventional things can be mainstream and brought to the public with our application and technology. And it's really, really important because as having daughters, you know, being a dad, um, I, you know, I used to actually, in my past life, I understand the gymnast life and I actually dated a gymnast before. And to see how stressful and how strenuous that life is. And then after seeing what the Olympians went through with Simone Biles and the, um, the lady over from Asia, um, I can't think of her name right now, but just to see what they went through and to show that if they had a tool like this, whether you were able to actually monetize their name, image, and likeness across digital media on a platform for the Olympics, you know, there's huge supporters. There's huge supporters and women, women advocate. And it's something that I want my daughters to have as they continue to, you know, do whatever they would like to do. Yeah, it's interesting you said gymnastics because on a previous podcast, I talked to this professor at the University of Georgia. And of course, it's right before their, you know, championship run and kind of wise ass question. I said, you know, professor, if I was going to buy a ticket to any sport at Georgia, not football, what would it be? And she said, gymnastics. She said, the right. dogs are great. And I said, like, huh, well, that's interesting because you could see now using your technology for those male and female gymnasts to sort of, you know, monetize some of their, you know, their, their fame, their college fame. Very much so. And that's where I think that where the playing field and where we see for name, image, and likeness is, is uh, really happy for us because not only behind the, the business that drives the transaction behind it, um, 
it's something that we can do. I mean, just like you said, the only thing that really resonates with me, not the only thing, but one of the main things is that when you become a parent, um, you know, my, my daughters, I want them to go to school. Um, you know, I want them to go to like Oxford and Germany and be super nerds. So no God talks to them and then I can introduce them to somebody, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, no, um, you know, for, for female, uh, athletes or just for athletes in sports that you know are less, less known, you know, or bigger sports in general, you get to really see the character of, you know, these athletes. And when we went back to talk to West Virginia, we spoke to them and I told them that they were employees now and I could candidly speak from, you know, care of, you know, this is the opportunities that you guys have to become employees. We get to learn about finance. You get to understand tax structure. You get to understand benefits, but while you're doing that, someone is making a hundred to $200 million off your broadcast rights. You should participate in the business transactions that come with them and you should be compensated. And we can do so in a way to where it strategically aligns with each side of the businesses, whether it's the school, the businesses, or the actual student athletes. And um, it's, we're in the process of finishing that out now because NIL is such a white space, but um, we're excited to do that across the nation. This is amazing. I'm listening to this, but the only thing I can imagine is your poor daughters, you know, fast forward 15 <laughs> years and they're trying to date somebody and there you are like the 50 year old Najee good. And the, the poor kid comes to the door and is like, you know, I want to tackle Tom Brady and, and it yeah. hurt him a lot. So, so be careful. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what, that's the lead line, man. That's the lead line. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's why I keep. That's why. That's why I still work out. My motivation and why I still work out is that one day they're gonna be big <laughs> enough to date somebody, and I gotta be able to take that dude down at any time. <laughs> oh man, Najee, good. Thank you for being a guest on the Company of Dads podcast. Final word goes to you as you know, dads with sons and daughters. How do we properly prepare to watch the Super Bowl? I say the best way with dads and sons and daughters, we have a 3.30 to 4 o'clock kickoff. So I would make sure you either the night before, you run them around and drive them rugged until they can go to bed super late and wake up super late and get ready to take the longs off of the Super Bowl. Or you wake them up super early and you tune in to the Puppy Bowl and let them watch all of the dogs and everybody run around and then catch the Super Bowl with the rest of the family. <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you again, Najee. This is a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Man, thank you, Paul. Awesome. Take care.